Good morning, folks, and welcome to worship at Paisley St George's. Just a reminder that we are still legally required to wear masks for worship. And we will talk a little more during the intimations about come next week or come tomorrow. On the fifth Sunday in Lent we gather, we come to remember and celebrate the good news of Jesus who enjoyed time with friends, even with one who would betray him. We come as we are, full of faults and failings, yet loved by God. So let us come close to God as God comes close to us. We worship God by standing, if able, to sing hymn 181 for the beauty of the earth, hymn 181. come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Creator God, loving Saviour, living Spirit, we celebrate your generosity in receiving all that we would give you. 
We rejoice in your generosity as you pour out your blessing on all you have made. We commit ourselves to reflecting your generosity in our lives by giving the best of all we have and are wherever there is need. Generous giving God, no money can buy your love. No words can adequately express our thanks. No actions can fully demonstrate our gratitude. But as we sing, as we pray, as we listen to your word, we offer you our best and celebrate your presence with us every now and each moment of every day. Lord, we know what you have done for us. We know what you are doing for us. And yet we make mistakes, Lord, and we are sorry. We are sorry for the times we deliberately do the wrong thing. We are sorry when we don't give you our best, when we are critical of others and what they do. Lord, please forgive us. And we know, Lord, that because of your son Jesus' death on the cross for us, that you forgive us. And so help us to do better to love you and to love others. And hear us now as we say together the prayer that Jesus taught his friends. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. It's nice to see you. I wasn't sure how many would be today because it's the start of the school holidays, isn't it? School closed on Friday for over two weeks. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. Sorry? You're going to wait. Look at you. I wonder what's in here today. Who would like to have a look and see everyone? Oh, and I can't count. I don't know. Right, take something out between you. Take something out between you. What have you got? Plastic container. Uh huh. Right, I think. On you go, Miller. What's that you've got? A spoon or a scoop? Okay. Microphone's not on, right? Thank you. What is on? It is on. Yes. Ah, I've lost the bit. Give me a minute to sort myself out.
Is that okay? The crackling now? Good. Excellent. Where had we got to? We'd got a scoop for Miller. Right, Alexander. Oh, Tigger's helping you. Oh, what have you got? A bucket. Ben? A bucket. A scoop. What might you use with these? What do you think you might use, Shona? For building sand. Do you think I've got any sand with me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there's confidence. <laughs> I thought I'd better protect the carpet. Right, now, who's got the scoop? Miller. Right. We'll use your scoop another way. Ben, do you want to give me your cup? And how many scoops of sand do you think we need to go into that? Five. Five. Well, we see. One. Two. Three. Oh, oh, I did get the carpet. I hope the hoover somewhere. Five. So five more than filled it. It was overflowing. How many do you think will take? You think three to go? Oh, we're getting different ideas here. One nearly does it. Oh, and again, it's overflowing if I put in, isn't it? Oops. That one fell over, did it? Does it not sit that way? How many do you think will go in that, Shona? You don't? Eleven? Oh. Tracer, you think three? Let's see. Eleven's a bit optimistic, I think. One. Two. Three, four, and it's overflowing. Oh, so we're filling these up, they're overflowing. Alexander, what do you think? Five. Okay. One, two, I'm really messy at this. Four, five, and are we overflowing again? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'll take your scoop, Haley. How many of the other scoops do you think will go in that? Oh. Two. Two at the most? Three, you think three? Okay, oh, we'll see. Well, there's one. and it's overflowing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So we've filled these all up until they're really, really overflowing. Okay. Oh, that was hard work. <laughs> now, I'm going to change the subject a wee bit. 
like you to tell me about a time when you've been really grateful, really thankful for something, when you've wanted to say thank you for something. Can you think of a time? What do you think, Hayley? Your birthday for your presents. That seems fair enough to me, Ben. Christmas. Miller. Easter. Oh, and that's not too far away, is it? Two cent, two weeks. Freya. When you got your phone. Oh, wow. Do you have any ideas? No? Okay. So, lots of times that we're thankful. And you know, why do you think we sometimes we come to church? What do we do when we come to church? What do you think we do sometimes when we come to church? Make stuff, yeah, you do. You make lots of stuff downstairs because I always love to see what you've been making. What else do you do, Ben? Sing hymns. Fraser? Thank God. Is that what you were going to say, Freya? Yes, uh huh. Pray, yeah, and when we pray, we thank God, don't we? So we should be so thankful to God for all the many things that He has given us. That if you like, our joy and our gratefulness should overflow like the sand overflowed all over the carpet and everywhere else. But never mind. But we should be so grateful that our thanks overflow. And it overflows into all the different parts of our lives. And because we are grateful to God, then we should treat other people really well. Because God loves us so much and we need to love others and be kind to others. Okay, well we remember that as well as remembering that Barry made a mess on the church floor. <laughs> okay, well we're going to sing about that now. We're going to sing from the Little Blue Book. We're going to sing Running Over, because I thought that was a good cup. My cup's full and running over. So it's number 21 in the Blue Book. My cup's full and running over. And there's lots of actions, so let's stand to sing that through. And we'll sing it through twice. And then remind me to ask you about something. Remind me to ask you about something before you go away, but we'll sing My Cup School and Running Over first. Sunday school, 
Can we remind ourselves what's sitting on top of here? What is it? Freya. It's the hallelujah box. Now, have you noticed anything about this hallelujah box? It's bigger. <laughs> oh, has it still got the hallelujahs in it? Will I shake? Are they still there? Yeah, but the box is bigger. Oh, when are we going to open this box? Ben, Easter Sunday, two weeks today, we're going to open the box and what are we going to let out? The Alleluias. We're going to let them out on Easter Sunday. So, we need to remember if we're here next week to have a look at that box, won't we? Hayley. That's right, we gave up the Alleluias for Lent. Lent's the six weeks before Easter, and you're absolutely right. We packed them away in that box, and that, sorry? You packed them, you did, you did indeed, but it wasn't that box. Well, or the box is growing. Oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens on Easter Sunday, will we? Right, so oh, you're going off now to Sunday school, aren't you? And I'll see you later. Have a good time. We turn now to the intimations and most of them are in the printed order. A wee reminder that the Lent Bible studies, the last one will be held this Tuesday at 7pm here in the Cossyside building and we'll be in the Lesser Hall at, and that's at 7 o'clock. The following week is Holy Week and we are holding services on every evening of Holy Week. On Monday, all of the services are at seven and they all, they're between the outreach centre and the Cossyside building. Please check the details as to where they are being held. A wee bit of advance notice is about the service that will be held on the 24th of April. The service on the 24th of April will mark the, some anniversaries and it will be held in the outreach centre. So just make sure you've got that date in your diary and in your mind that we are not in the Cossyside building on the 24th of April. Last week we had a collection for Women's Aid and the Food Bank. We collected £155 and eight large bags of toiletries. Both organisations were delighted and sent their thanks. Ladies' breakfast, the ladies, there is the opportunity to join in a breakfast on Saturday the 9th of April. Tickets are on sale at £5 per person. There is a tick list so you get what you order for your breakfast. And see Kenny, Brent, Jackie or Stuart if you wish to book your place. Easter sale, Moira Campbell will tell us more about that in a moment or two. There is also a notice about the history of churches. They're looking for photographs, etc. And they can be emailed to Stephen Clancy, Stephen Clancy at webadmin at Paisley St George's. We also have two large, two four-drawer metal filing cabinets surplus to requirements. See Hamish, please. Now, the bit we've all been, I think, waiting to hear about, 
From next Sunday, the 10th of April, well, it's actually from tomorrow, there is now no legal requirement to wear face coverings within worship. We ask, though, that masks are worn when moving about the building. The north transept, the area to my left, will be reserved for folks who wish to maintain a distance. And the balcony is also available. So it, it's your choice. It's your choice as to whether you wear a face covering or not. And we hope that with what we've decided, we make everyone feel comfortable at worship because that's what we want to do. We want to make everyone feel comfortable and safe. And notice that it's, another notice that is not in the notices is that Connect Hub is on this Tuesday at 1.30pm in the Outreach Centre. And I'd now like to invite Moira Campbell to tell us a little about Release International. Hi there, you've probably seen your sheets the name Moira Campbell and Release International Church Representative. Well, that's me. I was the, the representative up at Glenburn and I've been allowed to carry on that duty here at St George's. Release International is a charity that supports persecuted Christians all over the world. I have been a member of Release for, I think, at least nine, maybe even ten years now, and they really do sterling work. As part of my job, I am here to kind of promote Release, to let people know what is happening out in the persecuted world. And I was quite surprised, because there is a lot of, I wouldn't say secrecy, but you really have got to watch what you say and what you do. And we have a representative for Scotland who covers the Scottish side of Release International and we do have meetings, prayer meetings and we catch up to discuss what is happening out in the world. But first I would like to read you a bit from the back of this book. It's called Song of the Nightingale and it is the true story of a persecuted Christian called Helen Burhane. She was held captive for over two years in appalling conditions in her native Eritrea her crime, sharing her faith in Jesus and refusing, even though horrendously, a torture to deny him. A sobering, painful, heart-rending account of true faith in the face of evil. This book makes for uncomfortable and yet inspirational reading. Helen says, I want to give a message to those of you who are Christians and live in the free world. You must not take your freedom for granted. If I could sing in prison, imagine what you can do for God's glory with your freedom, a real challenge for the church in the West. And this really was the main thing that started me in my journey. So next week, for every charity, everybody needs funds to pay for bills and to send out people to sort out the, um, situations in some, some of the foreign countries. So next week, I'm having a sale in aid of release. Uh, it will be on Palm Sunday, and I hope that people will come along, be inspired enough to come along and see what we've got for sale. And we have quite a lot of things. We've even got tablet, which I know is very popular. Um, so I just ask that next week you come after church. It will be in where the tea's been served uh, and join me, even if it's just to ask me about my job and release. Um, very welcome. And um, 
the, the next reading will be find it. I am reading from the Good News Bible and it is John chapter 12 verses 1 to 8. Jesus is anointed at Bethany. Six days before the Passover, Jesus went to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from death. They prepared a dinner for him there, which Martha helped to serve. Lazarus was one of those who were sitting at the table with Jesus. Then Mary took half a litre of a very expensive perfume made of pure nard, poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The sweet smell of the perfume filled the whole house. One of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, the one who was going to betray him, said, Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 silver coins and the money given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would help himself from it. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Let her keep what she has for the day of my burial, until the day of my burial. You will always have poor people with you, but you will not always have me. And the next hymn we're about to sing is hymn 211, and you'll find it on the sheet, and it said Judas to Mary.
I know that on Sunday mornings, some of you take the time to go to the newsagents to buy a Sunday paper. Or maybe you're like me, and you look at the BBC News online to see what the papers are saying. So today, let's journey back 2,000 years and turn to the morning papers and the story dominating the news in Bethany. It centres, of course, on the incident reported to have happened last night in the home of a local family with close connections to the Rabbi Jesus from Nazareth. So let's take a look at what's been made of events. The Tribune has, oh brother, further controversy surrounds family of man raised from dead. The record in the Times have, Mary's message, demonstrative girl lavishes unaffordable expense on her hero. And impoverished by choice, village woman spends fortune in devotion to rabbi. A different angle from the Herald. What a waste. Treasurer complains as funds for charity squandered. And the Gazette has party pooper. Guests disgruntled by soured grapes outburst. The Courier has it as awkward dinner. Clash of opinions over sister's emotional display. And further perspectives here from the journal. Shame on who? Woman's surprise gesture defended by religious leader. And the observer's headline is, that's rich. Anti-poverty campaigners react to rabbi's statement. And a final one here from the post. Burial jar broken. Death gift poured out on living friend. I'm sure all our village voices will continue to debate the motives and the meanings around that family table last night. But what started as a simple gathering of friends is causing quite a stir. As usual, there certainly isn't one shared understanding among our journalists out there. Enjoy your reading. Some thoughts as to what the papers might have said 2,000 years ago. For the story starts in a very straightforward manner. Friends gathered around a table, sharing food and conversation. A relaxed, intimate gathering of a close group of friends spending some quality time with each other. We can picture the scenes in our own homes. But then, then Mary rather mixes things up. And today, this passage still provokes debate and discussion. And as we all know, there are probably as many versions of the truth as there are witnesses. So let's in turn consider some of the folks present at dinner in Bethany. First of all, there is Martha serving at table. And as we know, Martha loved Jesus. And for her way, for her, the way to show that love was based in practical ways with the work of her hands. Martha was the one you'd find in the kitchen. Martha would be clearing the table. She'd be washing the dishes. And as we all know too, in the past, Martha criticised her sister Mary for not helping. But Martha, Martha always gave what she could. And for us today, this is a clear reminder that it is possible to serve Jesus in the kitchen just as much as on a public platform. And today, many folks are serving Christ in practical ways as they seek to support refugees 
from the Ukraine. Then there's Lazarus himself that we don't really hear much about, Lazarus whom Jesus has raised from the dead. And there's the sister, Mary. Mary was the sister who took great pleasure in Jesus' company. She loved him and she showed her love in her extravagance for she took the most precious, costly possession that she had and she spent it all on Jesus. Love is not love if it calculates the cost. Love gives all. But let me share with you a short story and it's called The Gift of the Magi. And the story is of a young American couple, Della and Jim. Della and Jim were very poor, but they were very much in love. And each of them had a prized possession. For Della, it was her beautiful long hair. And for Jim, it was a gold pocket watch that had been handed down through the family from his father to him. It was Christmas Eve. Della had less than two dollars to spend on a gift for her beloved Jim. So Della went out and she sold her beautiful hair. And with the money she got for her hair, she bought a watch chain for Jim. A watch chain to fit on his most precious possession, his pocket watch. Well, when Jim comes home that evening and he sees Della's shorn head, he was lost for words. He was struck dumb. And it wasn't that he didn't like it or that he no longer loved her, for to Jim, she was lovelier than ever. So Della went on to admit that she'd sold her hair to buy Jim his Christmas present, the watch chain. Jim turns to Della and hands her his gift to her. A gift that he has bought by selling his watch. And he has bought for her a set of ornamental combs that she will be unable to use until her hair grows back. And although the gifts can't be used, in these once-in-a-lifetime gifts, the couple recognise the preciousness of their relationship. Each one of them has given the other all there was to give. Real love cannot think of any other way to give. And that is what Mary did. Mary, Mary gave her most precious possession to her beloved friend Jesus. It was a once in a lifetime action to express overwhelming gratitude for the restoration to life of her brother Lazarus. But it also, it also expresses her thankfulness for her own friendship with Jesus the relationship that they had, this close friendship. And yes, this gift costs a great deal in terms of its money value, but it also costs in terms of the courage needed to do that, the courage needed to do that in front of all the male disciples. And in the personal cost of making herself vulnerable, with such an intimate gesture of love. And as Mary kneels at the feet of Jesus and anoints his feet, we see her humility. Mary wiped his feet with her hair and in so doing, we see the unselfconsciousness of love 
And I think perhaps there too we see the bravery. For Mary didn't care about folk, what folks thought because in Palestine no respectable woman would be seen with her hair loose. Mary didn't care about that. She didn't care what others would think. Maybe for us today there is a little message in there. Are we self-conscious about our belief? our faith, our love for Jesus. And then Jesus sees in Mary's actions something prophetic. For the fragrance is a reminder of burials in general and of his coming death in particular. As Mary washes his feet, so too will Jesus wash his disciples' feet a lesson of what love really looks and feels like. And yes, yes, Mary's behaviour is outrageous. To behave like this with a man who's not of her family was embarrassingly shocking. But Jesus, Jesus recognises that her actions are not exhibitionism. They're not designed to be provocative, but they are authentic, wholehearted, profound and uncompromising worship. Mary, well, Mary pours out the longings of her heart with that perfume, foreshadowing Jesus' imminent pouring out of his life. She uses no words, but she employs her senses and indirectly those of everyone else in the room as she massages the strong-smelling ointment into Jesus' skin. And as the scent fills the room, we hear from Judas, one of the 12 chosen by Jesus. And I think it's fair to say that at the Lent Bible studies, we've spent much time talking about Judas, his actions and his motives. Jesus trusted Judas, but Jesus knew that it was Judas who would betray him. Jesus seems to have used people's gifts and Judas had a gift for money. And perhaps it was as he handled that money day by day that he was tempted, for he stole, he skimmed money out of the common discipleship funds, the funds that would be used to help the work of ministry, especially with the poor. It seems as if Judas learned to love money for money's sake. He was tempted, and as we know, he went on to betray his friend, his teacher, for 30 pieces of silver. It certainly seems as if money is at the centre of Judas's mind. For as we've heard this morning, he criticised Mary for her wanton extravagance. But as he criticised Mary, he forgot that so often we can miss the opportunity to do something, for the moment is gone. Or as a retelling of this passage for children puts it, Jesus said, leave Mary alone. She's done a really nice thing for me. You'll always have a chance to help those who are poor. Mary only had this one chance to be kind to me. And that's what Judas criticised. And there is, if you like, I suppose, a clear-cut narrative portraying Judas in a bad light. But maybe there are subtle hints that Judas, as the necessary antagonist in the story of Jesus' death, 
does in some contexts represent human nature and the propensity for faults that lie within all of us. Indeed, maybe in the character of Judas and in his actions, there is enough to convict the whole of humanity as culpable in the betrayal of God and God's Son. For there is no doubt the something of Judas in all of us. We're all capable of being both good and bad at the same time, caring for the poor sometimes, yet at other times ignoring the poor, or maybe even being part of the cause of such marginalisation and inequality in life. So Judas, the final character that we've heard of, like us all, a complex character. Just a very short reflection. Standing in front of the mirror, seeing the reflection. Judas Iscariot. Judas the thief. Judas the betrayer. An enemy of Jesus. An image of a so-called traitor. That's how we see him. Standing behind the mirror, seeing no reflection, Judas Iscariot. Judas was chosen. Judas was trusted. A friend of Jesus. An image of a true disciple. That's how God sees him. The Judas mirror, reflection of insult in our contemporary society inciting prejudice, provoking discrimination by branding someone as a Judas, the one whom God loves, a worthy friend of Jesus. So Judas, see him as you will. Martha, a hard-working woman who uses her practical skills to show her love for Jesus. Her sister Mary, who showed her love in the most outrageous, generous way possible. But as we draw closer to Holy Week and the crucifixion, let us be in no doubt as to what Jesus did for us. Let us pour out our gratitude to him. Let us pour out our gratitude. Let us show our love by loving others. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing once again from St George's Praise, number 71, Beauty for Brokenness.
And now we, our offerings will be brought forward as the choir sing the anthem. Thank you, choir, and thank you, Alan. Our prayers this morning will be led for us by Moira. Prayers for others. Lord, as we come into your presence, we are grateful for this chance to worship and cheer your holy words. We pray for the world where turmoil and war continues to reign. We pray that your words given to others will guide our leaders to a good outcome for all parties concerned. Our prayers go out to the people of Ukraine where the battle for supremacy continues. We pray that you take the Ukrainian people in their despair and give them hope. We are grateful for the many people who have taken to care for the Ukrainians at this time. We pray for the congregation of St George's for their health and well-being. Prayers go out to our deputy session Clark Muriel. Muriel has fractured her arm. We send prayers of healing as she comes to terms with doing day-to-day -day activities with the use of one arm. Prayers go out to people in our community that they find the peace and help they might need. Lord, we pray for your healing and nurturing power 
for people who are waiting results of tests, people suffering often in silence and people suffering from mental illness. We pray for our emergency services, the people who become carers of loved ones needing extra support. Prayers for Pastor Daniel and Halima, Suzanne, Habib and Pastor Rampton, just a few of many people touched by persecution. We pray for groups such as Release International who go above and beyond to help their persecuted brothers. And now, in a moment of silence, I am going, would like to read a prayer from The Voice, which is the magazine of Release International. Precious Jesus, Lord of all, you see the end from the beginning. Jesus, please reassure my persecuted family of your plan and purpose for them. May they know your, your will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. May they know too that your timing is perfect and please sustain them in their suffering and in their waiting, Lord. Amen. Let's dedicate our offerings. Lord, we have made these offerings and lay them before you. They come in thanksgiving for all you have given us, but they are just a token of your generosity. May they be used to spread your kingdom news here in Paisley, throughout Scotland and throughout the world. Lord, as we dedicate these monetary offerings to you, we also ask you to bless our gifts and talents, the skills that you have blessed us with. May we see where we can best use these to glorify your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship by standing, if able, to sing hymn number 465, Be Thou My Vision, hymn 465.
we go from here, may we act like Mary, may we love like God, generously, extravagantly, wastefully, and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.